In your Bibles this morning, the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter number 1, Ruth chapter number 1, we'll begin reading in verse number 19, just a few verses this morning, and our story, uh, Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two boys, Malon and Kilion, have left Bethlehem and they've gone to Moab. They've left there in fear of famine. But they've really moved away from God, away from God's will, and they've allowed circumstances of life to drive them away from the Lord. And uh, we see in this story that the two, that Elimelech, the father, dies, and the two boys, Malon and Kilion, they spend enough time with their mother in Moab to be married, and they also die, and we leave three widows. We have Ruth, Orpah, and their mother-in-law, Naomi, all three widows now. And Naomi decides that I need to go back to Bethlehem because I hear there's food. Uh, Folks, provision is a poor reason, uh, motivator to do the right thing. We should do the right thing because it's the right thing. We know that when we do the right thing, we get God's blessing. And uh, Naomi, as was her custom, was motivated once again by her flesh. This time, her flesh motivated her to go in the right direction. I'm thankful for that. Uh, Naomi begins to leave, and she's worried about Ruth and Orpah, that they'll never be able to find somebody to marry in uh, Bethlehem. So she encourages, literally encourages, her two daughter-in-laws, widows now, to stay in a pagan land away from God, And she says, I'm going. Ruth says, no, I'm going with you. And we meet up with Naomi as her and Ruth make their way to Bethlehem. And we pick up there in verse 19. The Bible says, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? And she said to them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Look with me in verse 20. And she said unto them, this is a group of her peers from Bethlehem. They barely recognize you. You can see them squinting, looking. Is this Naomi? Is that you, Naomi? She says this group of folks who have greeted her in Bethlehem. She says, call me not Naomi. Her name, Naomi, was meant pleasant. I like to think about these names, and I like to think about when their parents gave them to them. Pleasant. It gives a hint of the spirit of the moment when Naomi was born. She said, don't call me pleasant. My name, Naomi, pleasant. She says, call me Mara. Do you see that in verse number 20? The word Mara literally means bitter, bitterness. She said, don't call me pleasant. Nothing pleasant about me. She says, call me bitter. I'm bitter. 
Call me bitter. And then she says, why she's bitter. I went out full. And the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me pleasant, Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. She says, God has afflicted me. God has dealt with me bitterly. She says, call me bitter. Tonight, today's message, this morning's message, is titled this, Bitter Facts About Bitterness. Bitter Facts About Bitterness. Whether you like to admit it or not, all of us, to a certain extent, are dealing with bitterness. You see, we live in a sin-cursed world. We have to get along with people who are often hard to get along with. We have to deal with the infirmities of our flesh, the weaknesses of our flesh, and others too. We have to deal with our own shortcomings and the side effects of other people failing. And if we're honest, bitterness is something that we all must battle. If you give the place where you're no longer battling bitterness, you have most likely given in to bitterness. And just letting it take residence and using it and excusing it in your life. Bitterness is something that must be battled at all moments and all days and all stages of our lives. Bitterness. Here's some bitter facts about bitterness. Naomi was a bitter person. Naomi had bitter conditions, there's no doubt about it. But her bitterness was not necessary. And quite frankly, her bitterness is one of the things that drove her and caused her to find herself in the state we find her as she comes back after a number of years a widow and childless and saying and admitting, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. You know, the first step that we see in Naomi's bitter getting better is she admits she was bitter. That's a good day when you get to the place where you can just say, you know what, I'm bitter. I need to do something about it. That's called confession. Naomi's bitter. She had bitter conditions. It was tough. A lot of people think that Naomi may have been one of the reasons, and Naomi's bitters may have been one of the main reasons why her and her family ended up in Moab in the first place. Some people believe that Naomi was so, uh, so bitter about the circumstances and the discomfort of the moment in Bethlehem when there was a famine in the land that she may have been the one that her bitterness that drove Elimelech, she nagged Elimelech into going into Moab. Personally, I'm convinced that Elimelech was responsible as the priest of his household to lead his family and stand up and do what was right. But there's no doubt that it's possible that a person like Naomi, a bitter person, can drive others to do the wrong thing too. Here's some bitter facts about bitterness from this lady, Naomi. Number one, bitterness offers poor counsel. It's a little bit of repetition from last week's message, but it's important that we pay attention to it again. Bitterness offers poor counsel. How many of you have ever been counseled by somebody that was bitter? And when they told you what they thought you ought to do, and you realized that they were bitter, you realized that what they just advised you to do was bad advice. How many of you ever had bad advice from a bitter person? It happens, doesn't it? 
I tell you what I'd do. I'd smack them right in the face. <laughs> I tell you what I'd do. I give them a piece of my mind. Tell you what I'd do. I tell you what I'd do. I mean, you, most times somebody says, "I tell you what I'd do." <laughs> Prepare yourself; it could get interesting. Bitterness offers poor counsel. Now, one thing I must see in the life of Naomi, because Naomi just admits, "Hey, look, don't call me pleasant anymore. I'm bitter." One thing we must notice in the life of Naomi is that Naomi encouraged Orpah and Ruth to turn their backs on God. Now, Naomi was some, uh, a girl that had grown up under the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. She was somebody that understood and knew the blessings and promises of God. She was somebody that had been taught very plainly how faithful God had been with the nation of Israel in Egyptian bondage. She would have known about the plagues. She would have known about the miracles. She would have known so much about how good and faithful God is. But Ruth, I'm sorry, Naomi... Naomi was bitter. She was bitter at God. She blamed God for all of her hard times. She blamed God for all the difficulties. And folks, that's not right. And so when it was time to give counsel to Orpah and Ruth, she gave very poor counsel. I've thought about this quite a lot in regards to being a father. If you are a mother, a father, a grandfather, a grandmother, or just somebody that has influence in the lives of children, I want to encourage you. You should remember that bitterness offers poor counsel. It breaks my heart to watch children be raised by bitter parents because you know what happens when bitter parents raise children? They raise bitter children. You've seen the scenario where Mom is bitter and has this spirit that everybody's against her, everybody's out against her. And they instill that spirit in their children. I just want you to know, bitterness offers poor counsel. And I must guard my heart and guard my spirit. And ask God to keep a clean heart in me and keep me devoid of Bitterness. Why? Because I'm bearing the responsibility. Counseling and leading and raising two sons. I'm bearing the responsibility of counseling and leading and stealing truth in the lives of other people. And look, you are too. You are too. If you let bitterness rule in your life, I want you to know something. It's not only going to hurt you, but it'll hurt the other people around you. I've made mention of this before, but I think about Orpah. That day when her and Naomi and Ruth hugged and embraced and they were weeping. And Naomi says, you need to go back to paganism. You need to go back to your people, to your mother's house. You need to go back to the place where you can find a husband because what you really need, no, what she really needed was God and God would provide a husband. But you know what Naomi did? Orpah's only hope, her only connection point to Jehovah God was Naomi and because Naomi was bitter, guess what she did? She sent Orpah on a pathway of destruction. And they, boy, she's bad. But let me tell you something. 
dads, if you're bitter and you're investing in the lives of your children, you are sending them on a similar path. Because one of the bitter facts about bitterness is that bitterness offers poor counsel. Oh, be careful. Bitterness offers poor counsel. Number two, bitterness changes you for the worse. Now, this is a little tiny insight in this passage of Scripture, but I think it's important that we see it. Bitterness changes us for the worse. Look what the Bible says in verse 19. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. Here goes Ruth and Naomi on their way to Bethlehem. They're going in the right direction. Naomi's heart is still very bitter. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? You see that little question? Three words. Is this Naomi? I think it's pretty fascinating that this group of people who'd grown up and known Naomi, when they look at her after this length of time, they can't really tell for sure who she is. Naomi had come to a place where she was unrecognizable. There's two thoughts here. One is when you spend enough time in the world, you get to the place where you're unrecognizable. And the second thought is when you are bitter, bitterness changes you. Bitterness changes you. Now, we're not looking down our nose in judgment, but I want you to think for just a minute about your own life experiences. How many of you have met people who because of the bitterness in their heart, it has changed them in a big way? How many of you can think of somebody like that? It's true, isn't it? Now, look. Before we set ourselves up on a pedestal and say, we can't, that won't happen to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, it can. You know what bitterness does? Bitterness changes us for the worst. Bitterness changes for the worst. Somehow the devil convinces us and we convince ourselves that that person has done me such a great injustice or God has done me such a great injustice that I can justify my dirty, rotten, stinking, selfish attitude and bitterness. We cross our arms and we pout and we stomp our feet and all the while thinking somehow this gives me some peace, this gives me some consolation, this is just the facts. But all the while bitterness is deteriorating our character. Bitterness is deteriorating our joy. Bitterness is deteriorating our influence. Bitterness is deteriorating all the things in our lives that are important. Bitterness is deteriorating our relationships with other people. Bitterness is deteriorating our lives. And before long, bitterness, like a cancer, turns us all into something. We can't even believe that we look that way. We can't even believe that we think that way. We can't even believe that we live this way. Bitterness changes us for the worst. All these people who'd grown up knowing Naomi, they said, Whoa, is this Naomi? I'm keenly aware of the fact that Cody Sturgill, if I allow bitterness to rule and reign in my heart, to get to the place where you're like, is that Cody? Did Cody say that? Is that Cody? Did Cody act like that? Is that Cody? 
That's not the Cody I once knew. You know why? Because bitterness changes us for the worst. Oh, please, know the bitter facts about bitterness. Number one, bitterness offers poor counsel. Number two, bitterness changes us for the worst. Number three, bitterness is a faithless act against God. Bitterness is a faithless act against God. Who is bitterness against? Most of the time we think bitterness is against somebody. She did this to me, therefore I'm upset with her and bitter against her, and I'm going to remain bitter against her because she is so bad. Often we think that bitterness is a person. Sometimes we think bitterness is a set of circumstances. We're bitter about the circumstance of life, and we generally want to blame the group of people that did that or the person that did that or the system that did that. We meet lots of people in our lives that are bitter against the system, whatever that means. Bitterness. Bitterness is ultimately not against a person, a group of people, a system, or a set of circumstances. Bitterness, bitterness ultimately is a faithless act against God. Now, folks, God is faithful. It's hard to sometimes talk about the faithfulness of God and bitterness in the same sentence because most of the time when people are bitter, they're upset because of some situation in their life that they think somehow God may have shortchanged me. And Naomi was no different. Naomi was awful bitter and she was bitter against God. The Bible says in verse number 19, sorry, verse number 20, And she said unto them, Naomi said, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Now Naomi had already gotten to the place where she'd brought it down in her own heart to the bottom line. Who did she blame for her being her being bitter? She says, God did it. God has made me bitter. Verse 21. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? What happened? She's blaming God. She's blaming God. She says, God has done this to me. God has afflicted me. God has dealt bitterly with me. I want to ask you a question. Are there bitter circumstances in the Christian's life allowed by God? The answer to that question is yes. Are the bitter circumstances in the lives of Christians designed by God to make us bitter and punish us? No. You see, Naomi was blaming God, was bitter against God, but the bottom line is the reason Naomi was where she was at this moment in her life was because Naomi had literally turned her back on God. She turned her back on God. We remember and must remember the beginning of the story when Elimelech and Naomi and their two boys are looking at the economic condition of Bethlehem at the moment. They think, my lands, it's not good. Stories of famine and stories of shortages and stories of bad economic conditions. On the horizon, it brought them to a point where they got
got scared and faithless. And instead of trusting God and staying in the will of God and doing God's will and trusting God for the outcome and resting in the blessing of God, who I can guarantee you this, God would have been faithful to Elimelech, Naomi, Malon, and Kilion. Instead of trusting the Lord, what did they do? In fear, they turned their backs on God. In discomfort, they turned their backs on God. And they go to Moab. Don't move to Moab. And then, when Elimelech dies, don't you think that a moment like that was something that God wanted to use to wake up Naomi? Elimelech died. What should Naomi have done? When Elimelech died, Naomi should have said, Oh, my lands, we've sinned against God. I need to get back to God. I need to get back to the faithfulness of God. I need to get back to trusting God. But what did bitterness do? I'll tell you what bitterness did. Bitterness in Naomi's heart drove her away from God, further away from God. Now, let me tell you something. There's going to be troubles in all of our lives. Every person in this room, if Jesus tarries his coming, is going to die. And it's going to be a tough time for you and the people around you. And we can face the difficulties and troubles of life, trusting in the faithfulness of God, or we can turn our backs on God. But when you turn your back on God, you allow bitterness to take root. And I'll just have you know something. Bitterness makes you do foolish things. And bitterness is always a faithless act against God. Naomi said, God did this to me. Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. Almighty hath afflicted me. Maybe she needs to think more like God and be reminded that God has allowed the trouble in order to wake me up and get me to the place where I'll go back to him. Folks, I want you to know something. God loves you so much that he will allow affliction in your life in order to bring you back to him. So by all means, in the times of trouble that you face in your Christian life, be reminded of the need you have to turn to God and turn away from bitterness. I'm personally convinced that all the tragedy of Naomi's life that we know about didn't ever have to happen like that. Had she not allowed faithlessness to produce bitterness and bitterness to cause such great trouble. You see, bitterness is a faithless act against God. Look, why do we get bitter? We get bitter because we think God doesn't love us. That's not true. Why do we get bitter? We think we get bitter because we think God wasn't fair with us. It's not true. We get bitter because we think God loves him more than he loves me. That's not true. We get bitter because we cannot trust or we will not trust God with the outcomes of difficult situations. And Naomi, time and time again, allowed the bitters of her heart to drive her away from God. Would to God, we'd get to the place where we submit to his love. We'd submit to his sovereignty. We'd submit to the simple truth that he's working things together for good.
You see, bitterness is a faithless act against God. If you're trusting in the Lord, tough times come and you know God will be faithful. And there's a sweet spot in every tragedy. But if you don't trust God, you blame Him and you're bitter. And I'll just tell you something. Bitterness is a journey with a bitter end. Bitterness is a faithless act against God. Find the number four. Bitterness can get better. Aren't you glad to know that bitterness can get better? You're here today and, and you've got a bitter spirit. Look, you're not alone. And you're not hopeless. Bitterness will get better. I wish I could tell you that all of a sudden, boom, Naomi's bitterness was better. It didn't work exactly like that. But we see it in the story. We see Naomi come from bitterness. When she first gets back to Bethlehem, the place where she says, don't you call me pleasant, I'm bitter. Have you ever been around that person? <laughs> I'm bitter. I wish I could say that as soon as her and Ruth took hand in hand toward Bethlehem, they just moved right, they looked towards Bethlehem, and all of a sudden they had a skip in their step and joy in their hearts. It didn't work like that. But I will tell you this. Naomi's bitter did get better. And there is hope for your bitterness. Naomi's bitter began to get better and eventually got better. Bitterness will get better when, number one, we move toward God. Now, Naomi got to a situation where she let the same fleshly circumstances drive her to the Lord. I'm thankful that God made her hungry again in Moab, so she'd think about going back to Bethlehem. But you know what? We don't have to wait for God to kill our husband and our two sons and bring another famine to the land before we turn back to God. As a matter of fact, if you've got any sense at all, what you should do if your heart is cold towards God and you have bitterness rampant in your heart and you're faithless towards God, instead of running away from God and staying in the sinfulness of the world, you need to turn to God right now. Because Naomi's bitterness began to get better the very day that her and Ruth made, began to make their journey back to Bethlehem. That was the first step. Your bitterness will get better when you begin to move toward the Lord. Now, now where are you? How can I move toward? Folks ask that. How can I get closer to the Lord? I'll tell you, it's really simple. Wherever you are, do whatever's next. If you're here today and you've never been saved, you need to get saved. You need to repent of your sin. You need to ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sin and be your Savior. You need to get saved. You need to make sure that heaven is your home. You need to get saved. If you're here today and you're saved, you've never been baptized, the next thing you need to do is follow the Lord and believers' baptism. You need to come out in obedience and profess publicly the work that Jesus has done in your heart. You need to get baptized. If you're here and you're saved and you're baptized, maybe the Lord's been moving in your heart about becoming a member of this church. You need to join the church and become a faithful part of this local body. If you're here today and you're saved and baptized, a member of the church, but you just rarely attend, you need to begin to tend more faithfully. You need to move closer to the Lord. 
you're here today and you're saved and baptized, a member of the church, and you just don't have much or give much time to reading your Bible and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to do that. You need to do whatever's next. You need to do whatever's next. You need to say yes to the Lord. You're here and God has highlighted sin in your heart. You need to repent of it. You see, these moves that we make in our hearts and our lives are steps toward the Lord. And I'm just telling you, if you'll just turn and begin to walk toward the Lord, you'll find out His path is plain and clear. And you'll find out it's blessed and right. And the closer you get to God, the further away you'll be from bitterness. You see, there's no bitterness in the heart of Christ. There's no bitterness in the work of the Lord. Turn toward the Lord. You see, Naomi's bitterness began to get better. Bitterness will get better when we move toward the Lord. Number two, bitterness will get better when we invest in others. This is an interesting thing that happens in the story, and we'll see it more as we begin, as we continue working through this passage of Scripture. Do you know something that made a difference in Naomi's life? Every time we see Naomi and talk to Naomi, she's mad because of what God has done to her. Until we get back to Bethlehem, she's moved toward the Lord, and the Lord's beginning to work in her heart and help her. And the next thing Naomi does is Naomi takes great interest in helping and discipling and working with that precious little Moabitess girl, Ruth. Naomi begins to invest in Ruth. Naomi begins to work with Ruth. Naomi begins to care about Ruth. Naomi begins to serve Ruth. Naomi begins to counsel and work with Ruth. Naomi begins to give a part of herself, a big part of herself to someone else. Do you know what the end result is? Naomi's bitter got better. Now look, one reason why we're so bitter is because we are so selfish. We are so selfish. All we can think about is how bad we've got it, how dirty we've been done, how rotten everybody is to us. We think about me, 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 I, 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 and I'll just tell you something. A selfish spirit is a bitter spirit. Naomi's bitterness change when she began to invest in others. Bitterness will get better when you move toward God and you invest in others. Let me show you the end of Naomi. Look with me in Ruth chapter number 4. Ruth chapter number 4. It's kind of fascinating because this book of the Bible is brought to conclusion when we see and we can see in this last few verses Naomi's change. The Bible says in verse 13 of chapter 4 So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, most likely the same women that said to Naomi in chapter number 1, is that Naomi? The women said to Naomi, Naomi, blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. 
And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. The word Obed, the name Obed, speaks to the faithfulness of God, worshiper of God. And we see Naomi in chapter number 1, the first day she steps back into Bethlehem, she says, I'm bitter. And in chapter 4, because she's moved toward the Lord, because she's invested in somebody else, we see her holding this baby. She looks at him and says, God's faithful. Obed. She looks at him and says, Praise be to Jehovah. Obed, worshiper of God. She says, God is faithful. <laughs> God is faithful. You know, it's tough in situations like Naomi was in to remember that God is faithful. And you're here today and you say, I'm bitter. Listen, I'm not telling you a lie. I'm not spinning some story. I'm not telling you some fairy tale. I'm telling you the truth based on the authority of the Word of God. God is faithful. And you do not have to let bitterness destroy you. Turn to the Lord. Begin to invest in other people. And guess what you're going to find out? The bitter facts of bitterness don't have to destroy your life.